1: Welcome one and all to the eve of the 149th Open. We are live from Royal St. George's. As you can see, as we have been all week, we are inside of the media center. Many players are on the grounds and coming through the media center over the last couple of days one of those of note i am absolutely delighted to tell you he's joining us right now lucas glover has been a professional golfer for 20 years for basically half that time he's been a top 100 player in the world in that time he has over 450 starts in the pga tour in 54 top 10s to boot this past weekend the john deere classic he won his fourth pga tour event which was his first in more than 10 years, too. Also among those four victories, of course, his major championship, the 2009 U.S. Open at Bethpage in the history of golf, Only 227 different men have won a major championship and less than 200 have a major in four or more PGA Tour wins. Lucas is one of them. To say that he is an an elite company is very much an understatement. To be as successful as Lucas has been in his career, there is one defining characteristic and one must have. It is belief. Belief in yourself, belief in the process, belief in your support system, and an unwavering belief that you are, in fact, good enough to continue to battle against the very, very best at the highest level. Lucas proved that this weekend, winning again at the age of 41. Not only did he need to have the belief, but he also needed to know that he belonged right where he is, back again at the top on the PGA Tour. Uh, and we never take for granted whenever we have a chance to be joined by a major champion in this program. With that, it is an absolute delight and pleasure to welcome to the show Lucas Glover, uh, who is here at Royal St. George's. I understand, he just left the grounds. He'll be teeing off at 10.53 a.m. local tomorrow alongside of Benian and Brant Snatterker. And this will be his 44th major championship start. Lucas, thank you for joining us. How are you, sir?
2: Doing well, Matt. Thanks for having me on.
1: It's an honor to have you on. First of all, congratulations. When you win the week before the Open and you jump on the charter and you fire over here, has it even settled in yet?
2: A uh, little bit, but, uh, um, you know, it was a quick turnaround to get here with the thing. Uh, keep kept me focused. But uh best thing about winning is all your peers um, telling you congratulations and, and all that stuff. So a lot of that this week, which has been uh very nice and uh, very flattering. So much, much appreciated. But, you know, very still cool. uh, a, a job at hand.
1: Yeah, indeed, a job at hand. I, I want to go back to the job that you did accomplish, though, at the John Deere. And first of all, I want to stay on this theme of the, of the emotional side for just one second, the celebratory side, uh, deservedly so too, Lucas. You talked about a number of different motivations, including that from whether it was Tiger or whether it was Phil, uh, that their kids could see them once again, hoist a trophy. How much was that a driving force for you?
2: Well, a lot, um, a, a big one. I said on Sunday evening that that was one of the biggest things I took away from, from Tiger at Augusta that year. Uh, his last win there was that his kids hadn't, hadn't seen him as that yet and, uh, mine hadn't either. So, um, that made it, uh, easier, uh, to go to the golf course and practice <laughs> on days when I didn't really want to. Um, was that, I, you know, that was something that I, that I wanted to, to be able to say, is that, that my kids saw me win a tournament. And um, they, they uh, appreciate that and appreciate how good it is to do. And um, that, that was a driving factor for sure, Matt.
1: During the, the period of time from when you last won to, to this uh, victory at the John Deere Classic, could you talk to us a little bit? I know it's a broad stroke here, but could you talk to us about what that valley was like, what that travel was like? You had, some, you had some great performances, too. I realize the game is about peaks and valleys. But how much was it about rededicating oneself to the game? How much was it about just grinding it out and hard work?
2: Yeah, um, all of the above, all of the above. It was, you know, at getting, getting older, all of a sudden um, – don't hit it as far guys hit it anyway so fitness became a big, big focus eating better um just trying to do it and maybe act treat myself more as a professional personally um and that that means more dedicated to the workouts more dedicated to the diet just for from a body sense and and then go out what needed to be worked on but that was more where the rededication came in was Um, just being in better shape for longevity and to be able to work on the things I needed to work on. Uh, I had to be a little more flexible. I had to be a little thinner, um, et cetera, et cetera. So that was more, the the work ethic's always been there. It was just a matter of being able to continue to work and do the things I I needed to do to improve and and get back where I wanted to get to.
1: What about the team that you have around you, Lucas Glover? How much was it also about, Whether we're talking about coaching, whether we're talking about any facet of support to help you do your thing.
2: Oh, a ton, a ton. Um, um, They've all gotten their, they've all gotten their thank yous and their, their hugs or their text messages. But, uh, you know, you're only as good as the people you surround yourself with. And um, I got good support, support group, support system. And, uh, you know, they, uh, they never, they never wavered in their belief, which kept my belief uh, even stronger. So that that, that played a major.
1: You, you just reminded me of something where you said the text messages. Do you, are you able to get your text messages over here? Do you have the international plan or what have you? And and I'm just curious, how many text messages come in after you win a tour event like that?
2: Uh, we were 325ish wow. last count, uh, and but they've all they've all been answered. So uh, can honest can honestly say I replied to each of them. So that was. Uh, that took some time on Monday afternoon for a, for a day off, but, uh, but it worked.
1: <laughs> That's awesome, man. Uh, you know, relative to the John Deere class, because I want to talk to you about the open here at Royal St. George's and what you've learned so far and how you're feeling, et cetera. But before we go off the the John Deere, a lot of the stuff that you have said sounds to me like it's advice that could go beyond, really for anybody, it could go beyond the golf course about sticking to it and believing in yourself and working hard and making changes if necessary, whether they're physical or mental or what have you. So I'm just curious what message Lucas Glover would have for people that are trying to, in their own life, trying to grind it out and get back to the top of their game again.
2: Yeah. Um, perspectives only gained through struggle. Um, and, golf's hard. That's the bottom line. And when you're at the top of your game and at the top of the heap play and you don't understand it. Um, and then when you're not, you do understand it. So that perspective is, is regained or gained through struggles. Um, nobody's ever played the game of golf for 11 for a long period of time and not gotten absolutely fried by it. And you can look at anybody that's ever, um, from the greatest to the guy that's just hanging on, uh, on tour there. It's, it's hard. And when you're, when you're down and not really understanding why that, that, that comes and hits you in the face, but so is life. Life's hard and it's going to have ups and downs and perspective and, and, um, perspectives only gained from struggle. And then you, then you have a choice to make. Am I going to feel sorry for myself? Or am I going to believe in myself, make the choice to be better or try to be better and, uh, do something about it. And, you know, I don't think that's any different sport, life, work, um, parenting, anything. It's uh, Everything's always a choice.
1: I love it. Lucas Glover is our guest, major champion, teen-off tomorrow at 10.53 a.m. in the morning. Uh, I, I'm curious how you're feeling now, dude. Have you Have you gotten anywhere near enough rest, and how much have you had a chance to see Royal St. George's?
2: yeah no i feel great um monday was a rest day obviously we got in did our testing and got cleared and all that stuff and um i took some time to to reflect and rest on monday had a big day yesterday just practiced this morning i wasn't quite feeling up to playing again it, it uh it was quite slow yesterday and um but i put about put about four hours in out just practicing and then now i'm uh i'm back at the at the house just getting off my feet, trying to uh, recharge for, uh, for the week. I love the golf course. I know the course pretty well from 2011. And then uh, yesterday uh, brought back those memories and, uh, you know, probably spend a little time this afternoon in the yardage book and the greens book and, and, and get ready to go. You are
1: in the, I believe that you took advantage of the elite athlete exemption uh, if i'm not mistaken from the rna so you can be at the golf course for your work but then you have to go home and quarantine in your bubble after that am i correct
2: yes absolutely
1: okay so you're what did you guys do rent a house if i may someone nearby yeah, yeah we
2: got a Yep, we got a rental house, uh, in sandwich about eight minutes from the course. So we got lucky there. Nice. Um, I got my caddy slash, um, friend staying with me. And then, uh, another guy that's here helping us, helping us get around town to and from the course. Um, all of us tested, all of us cleared all of that stuff. So we're nice. fully qualified in our bubble and, uh, just, uh, trying to abide by the rules and, and do things the right way. Never, uh, never want to ruffle any feathers, especially, uh, at a large event like this.
1: Yeah, no doubt about that. Now your sponsors, Lucas Glover, we love to ask players about sponsorships because we get that it's important to who who they are to you, what they mean to you. You obviously just did great things for them with the victory last weekend, but they've hung in there with you all along as well. Do you want to share with us and spread some love to who your sponsors are?
2: Yeah, this one is uh, – means a real real is a real big deal to me it's my uh family's business believe it or not um started by my grandfather in 1955 um the ih stands for industrial housekeeping Uh, my grandfather started the yeah my grandfather started the company uh cleaning literally cleaning toilets and textile mills around my hometown greenville south carolina and uh turned it into a a countrywide business and um I guess technically internationally because I think they do a few things overseas, but, uh, my old, my mom's oldest brother still runs it and I got several, uh, cousins and uncles that work there and work for them. And, uh, so it meant a lot to me to put it on a hat and, and wear on tour, uh, this year. And then, um, Very cool. I've met Terra on my chest, which is a CBD company. Um, they were nice enough a couple of years back to, uh, introduced me to that world and how it can benefit, um, an athlete for, for me, it was inflammation, uh, in my knees mainly, um, mm-hmm. just bad knees from sports growing up. And, uh, that helped me a lot still on a pretty strict regimen with, with that stuff. And then, uh, club wise, um, technically I'm a free agent. I don't, uh, I don't have a, I don't have to answer to anybody. I can hit whatever I want, uh, which is nice. And then, um, mm-hmm tidalist uh, foot joy for balls and shoes actually made a ball change last week to the new uh, pro V one. So probably keep it around, I guess.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It sounds like a pretty good idea. All right, Lucas glove. We're going to let you go, but there's one last thing I'm going to ask you to do. Don't be mad at me at this. Okay. Promise. No worries. I'm going to, I'm going to have you do the play by play of the video. We're about to play. I shot this of you on the, on the practice putting green yesterday. So, when you see the video roll, go ahead and pick up. You're the play by play.
2: All right. So that was a bad putt. <laughs> but a but a good but a good spit. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Wow, you threw Let's me under the bus, it. Matt.
3: No, oh, it's the only
1: video the old... I had.
2: Oh, come on.
1: All right, here we go. So here we I go, think Cameron go.
2: Smith's trying to read it for me, standing over to the right, because that was uh, his uh, caddy Sam's <laughs> really cute behind we saw in the far right of the screen, and um, <laughs> he's a bad green reader too. So <laughs> there
1: you go. However, to, to, a testament to what you said when I was standing there on on the, the little fence that they have by the by the practice putting green, and yeah. I was I was filming. That bit, both of those guys came through and warmly congratulated you, which was really cool to see. It's awesome to yeah. see how many players are so happy for you. We are too, Lucas. Absolutely awesome. We wish you the best this week at the Open and moving forward. We really appreciate your time.
2: Absolutely, Matt. Thanks for having me.
1: It was good to see you again. Good luck this week. See ya. Lucas Glover, okay, as you heard, he's in his little bubble. He's back home from the golf course today because it is about quarter after one right now. So he came out this morning and got his work done. He will tee off in the morning, tomorrow morning, local time at 10.53 a.m. alongside of Benion and Brant Snedeker. We are live at the 149th open here at Royal St. George's. Please do not forget our sponsors to help make all of this possible. Our presenting sponsor is the PGA tour superstore with their beautiful stores spread out across the continent. If you're looking for it in the game of golf, the PGA tour superstore not only has it, but they're going to make sure that whatever you get is perfect for you and your game because you're buying from professionals. They are the number one golf retailer in America, and they are for a reason. You can log on to PJTourSuperstore.com to get started. We are just getting started on this Wednesday. Very excited about sitting here with you with but one more sleep until the start of the 149th Open. We have coming up in the show today some pretty big names First of all, we're waiting for Lee Westwood and word when he's going to be in the interview room. When that happens, we'll go in there live. But we're also uh, going to be bringing you sound from Brooks Kepka and Rory McIlroy and Bryson DeChambeau. It's all coming up in the Fairways of Life show here again, live from Royal St. George's. Stay with us. We are digital radio and television worldwide on Facebook Live and dozens of other touch points. Back with more after this. Let me ask you a question. Are you in pain in the golf course? You know, pain management is a crisis in America. It affects over 100 million people and 35% of golfers, but now we can do something about it. BioFit 360 is a new company here to help us manage and alleviate that pain naturally. They've developed a formula that safely extracts CBD from the hemp plant and utilizes all of its healing properties to help us. They have a relief cream they have gummies they have sleep aids and much more it will change the way you feel on the golf course and in life all you need to do is head to biofit360.com feel better do better be better
2: hi i'm brian hammonds you country club members can now represent your club and compete in a Ryder cup style event the inaugural country club national championship presented by fuzzy's ultra premium vodka It's October 12th through the 17th at Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida. The field is limited, so don't delay. For more information, go to ccncgolf.com. That's ccncgolf.com. I hope
1: to see you and your team in Orlando. Streamsong is so special with three top 100 U.S. courses designed by four legendary architects. Tom Doak's Blue Course, Bill Core and Ben Crenshaw's Red Course. Gil Hansen's Black Horse, secluded by thousands of acres. The greatest golf stories are lived, not told. StreamSongResort.com Welcome back to Royal St. George's here for the 114th Open. It all kicks off tomorrow morning. So, Dom, you know, the way that we're set up here, p- people could probably tell by the way they see me moving. I'm inside of the media center, and over here, I'm going to actually move the camera, which is going to drive Dom insane. If I if I move the camera over here, you see, you guys are getting a look at what the what our view is. You can see the monitor that I have inside the booth. But there's three panels, three massive panels of leaderboards so that obviously I won't be in here during the coverage because I'll be out on the golf course, but all the media that's assembled before us can see everything that's going on and where they are. For example, if you if you can see the, now uh, you're going to be blocked by the third, the third panel over that I can see here, and, and it was getting blocked by this by this monitor, has in the practice chipping area, who's on there? Abraham Answers, Sam Burns, Rafael cabrera Bayo, Thomas Dietrich, Tony Finau, Justin Harding, Charlie Hoffman, Max Homa, um, let's see, Rory McIlroy uh, is out there right now. Victor Perez, Ian Poulter, Kevin Streelman, Andy Sullivan amongst them. And then it has practice rounds times that you can see over on the right in terms of when players are going off. Now, you, it's twenty-one p.m. in the afternoon, so right now they're showing what time people went off early. For example, Rory McIlroy went off early with uh, – he was playing alongside of Darren Clark, who won here last time. Uh, both of those gents from – Northern Ireland. Hopefully, Dom, I reframed that up. I literally just grabbed the camera and pulled it on its on its yeah, tripod. You need to,
3: yeah, you are you're okay. You're 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 difficult. You're difficult. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, what to he say. gets very mad when I think it's <laughs> It's like
1: he gets everything locked
3: down. But and I, do like, actually, I actually do have a question for you because, as our audience knows, um, the quarantine process for you was was brutal, and for no a majority was. of the media who are coming over to to cover this event. It's equally as brutal. And you no. have been to I don't even know how many open championships in a row. The question I have for you is, what does the media space look like in there? Does it feel normal? Like, I would think that there's half as no. many people as normal.
1: I wouldn't even put the number at half, to tell you the truth, Dom. As I was telling you guys yesterday, in terms of American...
3: Me- meaning, like, nobody know, from the States may- came it over because it was such a headache. I would say
1: there's maybe five... Maybe five, and the number might be closer to three, you know, full-time American golf journalists that are here, out there. That would be the number. And in terms of what I do on the broadcasting side, I saw Todd Lewis in here yesterday from Golf Channel. Uh, Golf Channel would normally send – NBC would normally send 200 to 275 of us over, and this year there's 24 people on site. Now, I'm here for open radio, and I'm here for Fairways of Life, so I'm not actually doing – off channel work this particular week, but there's 24 people here on site. So, like I said, Todd Lewis, in terms of on air talent, broadcasters, he's here. I know Karen Stupples is coming over. I can't remember who else. to Tell you the truth, and I only know that Karen was what, here because what she that, sent. What does me that a
3: do to the the juice in the media center? Does it feel different? Um,
1: yeah, it does. It's very, very quiet. It's very quiet by comparison. I, if I remember correctly, the area that's out here is capable of seating, if I remember correctly, around 1,500 souls, all told, in this space. And there's just hardly anybody here. I mean, normally, even in the booth that I'm in, in this booth, probably is three, it's about eight feet in width, and normally there's two to three people in a space like this, and they have just one of us in all of these different spaces right now. But to, just to, to back up to, because I, I don't want to make it sound dramatic, where you said the what I did was brutal or what it's not brutal. Uh, I came over and was put up in this lovely little cottage in a in a village called Eastry. And because we could do this show every day, and we did do the show every day, I never even felt alone. Uh, I, I had to stay on the property, I had to stay in the confines. I had food delivered, I had friends helping me. I became really good friends with the with the people that owned the the little cottage, the telephone exchange as it's called. And They were really nice. They kept inviting me over for dinner. I kept saying, I can't go. I have to get cleared before I can leave. It it was literally against the law. And so I did did my day one when you arrive is zero, so it doesn't count for anything. And that was I arrived at like 6 in the morning. I I got a cab. It was a two-hour drive. Got to the place, kinda of settled in, the food arrived and blah blah blah. So the next day is day one and you have to go five days. You you test at day two, but it's a but it's a, a, a test you do at home and you mail it. And then at day five, I got picked up by a taxi and I had to be brought to a place where you do it in person and, and that's the test to release. And then you wait for those results to come back. So I got there on Monday. I was I was freed, so to speak, by Sunday. So I was there all week, but I had Wimbledon all week. Hold on. Darren, Darren Clark's press conference is just starting, so I'll let you know. That's what I was waiting to hear what the announcement was. Darren Clark is going in there right now. Um, I'm, I'm sure we won't have time to get to Darren Clark because I've got Brooks and Rory and Bryson and still waiting for Lee Westwood as well that, we, that we're going to get to today. Uh, but no, I had Wimbledon. Uh, I, had, I had England, Italy. Uh, I, I, had, I watched more documentaries on everything from the Second World War to the search for the Loch Ness Monster. It would really—I enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed the, the the whole thing, and I never felt like I was lonely in the house because of the way that we have, you know, from from the social media to connect to the way that the show goes. I thought it was great. But the reason why I, I was asking you to, to join me and that and when we were doing the box and box was with Lucas Glover. I believe, Dom, um, correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't that the first time in 15 years we've had Lucas Glover on the Fairways Life Show?
3: I don't. I don't remember, if I'm being honest, I don't believe we've ever had Lucas join us. He might have joined us in our early SiriusXM days, but that would have been, you know, 10 or 12 years ago, uh, but it's pretty cool. First of all, as, as you talked about when you were introducing him, anytime that we speak to a major champion, I, I mean, that 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 is worth its weight in gold, in my opinion. Um, I mean, as you said, there's less than 200 of golfers in history have done what he, he's done. So he has cemented his place. But he was so jovial and, and like totally willing with his time. I mean the tournament starts tomorrow. That's crazy. That I mean it's really cool. And I've been talking to some of the Olympians that we're gonna be having on this program as well. And everybody's their willingness to join us in the middle of all their preparations like this, um, we really appreciate it. And it it's really cool um that they're okay to you know th- doing that. I don't know I don't know if I'd be okay doing that.
1: The funny thing is, is that doing the show the way we are inside the media center, so I've got obviously the camera set up right here, and all, all the, the world behind me, but in front of me are where all the monitors are. This, this monitor, as I explained to you guys, is the one from the RNA. and and once Tournament Proper starts, there's all kinds of information that we can pull up from here everything i could i could give you the scoring average on any hole up to the minute at all kinds of data that that we have at our disposal again it won't serve me in particular because i'll be out on the golf course and i'm going to tell you about the radio coverage in just a minute but what i didn't know don because i have to turn away from it in order to do the to look at the camera and to, and to be polite while speaking to our guests i couldn't tell how much, you know, Lucas was really into it. So when we had that video clip, which is honestly the only video clip I had of him yesterday when he was on the putting green, I wasn't sure how that would all play out, but it seemed like he had a good time.
3: Yeah, I mean, that you never know with something like that. I mean, we, we kind of threw it in there at the end as something fun and a little bit different, and uh he clearly took it that way because he was, <laughs> he was waiting because I can see – because remember, on my end, I have preview, right? So yeah. I can see Lucas watching the video. So, y- any, any, you again, we're, we're live on Facebook right now. You can watch us, and you can see what we're talking about. And so o- on program, if you were watching us on Facebook, you saw just the video of him putting. You couldn't see Lucas. I could see Lucas the whole time. He totally thought this was right out of the gate. He expected something serious. So we're, we're showing him putting. I can see Lucas, like, looking at the putting. He's, like, thinking to himself. I can see him thinking like this, like, all right. Does he want me to break down my putting stroke, or how? Like, is you know, what, what is, where is he going with this? And then when he like just <laughs> pull hook, pull hook the putt, he goes, "Oh, well, that was a, that was a bad putt right there." <laughs> oh, I see what they're doing, you guys. <laughs> uh, there was a guy; he was reading it off the screen, and the guy's face was in the way. And this is, uh, come on, I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, he got it from Cam Smith on their bus. It was fun. It was, it was really cool. Now. The radio, for those of you that are predominant office, audience, obviously, is in North America. And for those of you that watches day in and day out across North America, I am delighted to tell you that we will be coming on the air for open radio at 2 a.m. Eastern time, 2 a.m. Eastern time. On Sirius XM and we will be with you for every minute and every hour and all the days that lie before us as coverage of the open continues for those that are with us around the world first of all particularly those in the United Kingdom that are taking in the fairways of life show you can hear our audio coverage our radio coverage of this 149th open on talk sport Two. Wherever you are in the world, whether it is North America, whether it is the United Kingdom or anywhere else around this globe, you can hear it for free. All of these sites are are for free except for SiriusXM in North America, which is a, a paid service. You can get it around the world on the app and on the theopen.com. So the open app and on theopen.com are more options. And then there are multiple other options, too, in terms of audio platforms but we wanted to feature for you in particular again talk sport 2 in the united kingdom the open app and the open.com and across north america you can hear us on the satellite service sirius xm from 2 a.m eastern time tomorrow morning we absolutely cannot wait Okay, now, in terms of those that I've been promising to you, let's talk about Brooks Kepka. He addressed the media in a number of different ways. He talked about how he's feeling entering the week, uh, when he kind of kicks in mentally, physically, emotionally into a major championship mode, how he feels about not getting over the line in the last uh, two majors, although he only had four guys in the last two majors combined finish in front of him. Thoughts on what he's seen of the course so far, whether – whether he, what he thinks about the course likes it, dislikes it, and whether that impacts his chances, whether the Grand Slam uh, is his goal. And then memories of 10 in the Open as a kid and playing golf across the pond. Remember, he cut his teeth on the Challenge Tour and on the European Tour. And how big a help is Caddy is. Is Caddy's name is Ricky and plotting approaches to links golf courses yet another but slightly more detailed explanation of his relationship complicated though it may well be with bryson to and you're going to hear from bryson in just a moment too but let's start with brooks and talk about how he's feeling
5: you know coming off uh, a couple of good finishes felt like i was playing well so excited for this week and you know it's a major so i'll be up for it and um, you know excited to play this week um. No, I mean I don't make plans, but it, it's it's kind of more when I show up. Uh, I don't know. It's a different feeling. It's just more focused, more locked in on what um, what I need to do. No distractions. Um, and I just simplify everything, and it becomes a lot easier. Yeah. I mean, I've always enjoyed coming over here. Um, came over here when I was a little kid. Um, actually, here, watched Ben win. Um, me and my brother. And my mom came on. I must have been like 10 years old or something. But uh, yeah, I've always enjoyed playing Lynx golf. I think it takes a lot of creativity and imagination. And, you know, in the States, a lot of times, you just throw it up high in the air and the ball's going to stop where you really got to pay attention where your ball's going to bounce short of the green. Um, you know, you might have 50 yards, but you got about six clubs you could play. And I think that's always fun. Uh, brings out you know the creative side and it's uh, it's fun. I love it, man. I love it over here. Yeah, disappointing. I felt. I mean, PGA started off with a double, made a mental mistake there. So that that drives me nuts. I don't mind making mistakes, making a bad swing, but when you make a mental mistake, that I mean, I kind of pride myself on on not making um, you know a mental mistake during a major, and you know that was unfortunate. But at at the end of the day. I mean I just didn't play good enough. I didn't putt anywhere remotely good enough to win, so didn't deserve it, but um you know, still lost, so doesn't matter. I only played the front nine. I don't know, it's not it's not my favorite venue that we've played. Um, I think, you know, Port Rush and St Andrews are definitely my the favorites. Um I mean, I haven't seen all eighteen. I'll see the back nine today, but a couple, quite a few blind tee shots. you um, kind of hitting a nothing, and fairways are quite undulating. It's, uh, I don't know. I, it's not my favorite of of the rotation. Put it that way. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, I mean, I've won on golf courses that I'm not a big fan of before. It's not it has nothing to do with it. I've Still got to get up and go hit the shot and do what I'm supposed to do. So that doesn't doesn't bug me. I don't care whether I like the place, don't like it. Um, you, know, you still got to play good and, and go hit the shots. But, um, yeah, like I said, I mean, playing St. Andrews is probably my favorite place in the entire world to play. Uh, Poor Rush two years ago was – oh, I love that place. I thought that was just such a good open, um, a fun golf course to play. Really enjoyed that. And um, this one I, – I, it's just not as it's just not as exciting. I don't know why. Um, whether it be a couple shots to nothing, um, you know, a couple blind. I don't want to say blind. A couple blind tee shots or shots in where um, you can't really see much, and I'm not I'm not too big of a fan of that. Yeah, I mean that's that's a goal of mine. Um, we were actually just laughing about it. it'd be pretty cool uh, to go back to back in all of them. I think that'd be pretty cool. So that's the goal. Like I said, I just need to get the job done here. I love St. Andrews, so um, you know, hopefully that'll happen. We got the opportunity. I must have been in, I don't know what I was in, fifth, sixth grade, something like that. Um, just come over here, play St. Andrews, Carnoustie, come watch, I think, the final round of the Open. Um, so me, my mom, and my little brother, we came over, I think, a couple days earlier from when the whole thing was was going to start. And... Um, just got to play links golf I thought it was so much fun you know that's kind of when I, I fell in love with it and um, you know it was cool getting to I remember my brother uh, at the time we thought it was so cool I think Tiger was playing on 13 and my brother had said something and Tiger said something back to him and um, we thought it was the coolest thing at the time and um, it's kind of funny um, I think with about three holes left I remember Thomas um, took a few out of the bunker and uh i think ben was maybe a group or two behind him or something like that but i ended up falling asleep right in the little (laughs) pavilion uh to the right of 18 um and didn't even see the finish so and i I remember getting yelled at by my mom i didn't bring you over here to fall asleep kind of deal so um but it was fun we enjoyed the whole trip and uh it was it was quite cool cool family trip i mean rick's a help anywhere i go um I love that guy to death. I don't think I would have the success I've had without him. He's he's a crucial part of, you know, the way game plan. He really understands how I play golf, how I how I go about things. And, you know, he's he keeps it light out there. I mean, we have a good relationship off the course, a good relationship on it, keep things light. And, you know, he knows I'm not going to take it too seriously. And, you know, we've been together for – eight years now, almost, maybe, I think. Um, You know, he can pretty much tell exactly what I'm thinking, what I'm doing, and I think, you know, when you build that relationship so well on the course, off the course, um, you know, good things are going to happen, and, uh, you know, he's been a big big part of those major wins, every win I've had, and, um, you know, even coming over to Lynx, just... um, I mean, he's grown up on it, so he, he... I don't want to say I lean on him all the time, but he's definitely got a better understanding of how to play Lynx golf than I do. Um, so it, it's it's definitely been been helpful to have him on the bag, and, um, you know, I wouldn't uh, – in that relationship, I'm, I'm super grateful for. Yeah, it was at um, – I mean, I said it a couple weeks ago. It was uh, at Liberty. Uh, he didn't like that I had mentioned his name in, in slow play. Um, so we had a conversation in the locker room, and then I guess – you know, he said, said something else in, in the press conference, but didn't mention his name in it. And he walked up to Ricky, said something. Um, it was, you know, you tell your man if he's got something to say, say it to myself. thought that was ironic because he went straight to Ricky. Um, so I had a few, Ricky told me when I came out, hit a few putts and then just walked right over to him. We had a conversation. Um, both agreed we'd leave each other out of it. And then. Uh, wouldn't mention each other Um, just kind of let it let it die off wouldn't mention each other's names just go about it and so then he decided he I guess he was going on that little whatever playing video games online or whatever and brought my name up and said a few things so that was fair game Brooks
1: Koepka being honest as Brooks Koepka ever is uh, it's I think very much uh, what the modern player Brooks's honesty may not be uh, you know, dripping with a great deal of tact, uh, for example, like someone like, say, uh, Jordan Spieth or Rory McIlroy, but nonetheless, what we do get is the truth. And in all cases, all those players that I've mentioned, we get the truth. And I would rather have the truth than have it uh, hidden behind any kind of platitudes whatsoever, whether it's delivered delicately or whether it's delivered like a slap across the face or otherwise. So it is enjoyable from the standpoint of a a fan's perspective to be able to really find out what players think about a whole variety of different things. And then in Brooks's case, he was asked the question, and he answered the questions that he was asked. Asked. All right, PXG's new Gen 4 golf clubs are the most advanced, best-performing clubs that we have ever made. Packed with new innovations like aluminum vapor technology, precision weighting technology, x Core technology, and more. Gen 4 irons, drivers, fairways, and hybrids deliver incredible ball speed, distance, control, sound, and feel. Visit pxg.com or call 844-PLAY-PXG to learn more. PXG, nobody makes golf clubs the way we do Period. I am told that Lee Westwood is ready to go, so let's drop in for a couple of minutes on Lee Westwood. Remember, I still have Bryson DeChambeau and I still have Rory McIlroy waiting in the wings.
0: Lee, it's been a really strong season for you so far. Some good results. Um, how are you feeling going into the championship um, starting tomorrow? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, I think everybody missed the Open Championship last year, and. Uh, um, Watching, watching it on TV or playing it, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's good to be back. Um, you know, it's a, it's a massive championship, uh, my favourite of the year, and, uh, yeah, I'm delighted to be back and, and playing well and hopefully having a chance to contend this week. Good stuff. We'll take some uh, questions from the floor first. If you want to raise your hand, we'll get a microphone to you. Yeah, it's just at the Sorry, very back. No, <laughs> Do you want to question, wife? You could have asked me this morning when I made you a cup of coffee. Yeah, I'd love a coffee, please. Yeah, thanks. So we've got a question from the front here. (laughs) If you want, uh, more interesting than me. (laughs) You get the real stuff rather than the... uh... Hi, Lee. Uh, Russell from TalkSport. Nice to speak to you. Um, How would you assess your form heading in? um, And also, what have you made of the course so far, and how do you think it might suit you? Well, that, the form one's a tough one. Um, I feel like I'm playing well, and uh, and obviously I played well this year. Um, I played well last week. I mean, you know, I was in the lead with 26 holes to go, and then don't know what I'm just a couple of pulls and double bogey, but par, double bogey, and kind of couldn't get any momentum going after that. You know, when when you think 14 under, with 26 holes to go, and 18 under winning it. You should fancy your chances then, but uh, obviously didn't manage to finish that one off. But, um, you know, I, I kind of look back on last week and uh, take the positives out of it, that, you know, the form is there and I'm playing well and I'm making birdies. So, And coming into this week, I've played here twice in the Open Championship, missed the cup both times, so kind of had it in my head that a bit of a mental block that I didn't like the golf course, but played it yesterday and really enjoyed it. Um, loved the way it was set up. Um, I couldn't really remember the golf course too much, probably because I hadn't had that much experience of playing in it, only I've been two rounds each Open. Um, And really enjoyed it. You know, I enjoyed the conditions and um, had good company to play with, you know, Dustin Rory and and Danny. And, uh, yeah, sort sort of turned my head around and made me look forward to the week even more, really. So, um, yeah, I'm positive and hoping I can find some form and get into contention. But, you, like, you know, you, all links tournaments, you need a little bit of luck with the weather. and um, you, need, you like golf, you need a little bit of luck, you need some good breaks. And uh, I think the hardest part about this week is could be adjusting to the greens. They seemed quite slow yesterday. Uh, I don't know how fast they're planning on getting them, but, you know, I left a lot of putts short and in the middle and... Uh, that will be that will become frustrating as the week goes on if I don't if I don't start to get it to the to the hole. Um, but I think it's a pretty straightforward golf course. You know, it kind of tells you where to hit it. Yeah, there's a couple of fairways that it barrels off. You know, the first I hit a good tee shot. What I thought was a good tee shot, and it was in the right hand semi. Um, the 17th tends to be a little bit like that, and uh, 12 does as well. Um, but, you know, other than that, it's, uh, it's a pretty fair golf course. And uh, what you how you play is, is pretty much, you know, what you're going to get, I think. So, uh, yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to it.
1: All right, dipping in with Lee Westwood and dipping back out again because we still have Rory McElroy coming up on the fairways of life show and Bryson DeShambo coming up on the fairways of life show today as well. BioFit360.com. When you get an opportunity, please log on because I'm sure something hurts you. What is it? Ankles, back, neck, wrist, shoulders, elbows, everybody feels pain. If you play the game of golf one way or another, emotionally or otherwise, you're feeling pain, maybe it's just that you want to sleep better. Uh, Check out BioFit360.com. They have consulted with over 1,000 medical professionals to find out how to safely extract the CBD oil from the hemp plant and to do it in a way that will benefit you the most. What I love about these guys is they're actively encouraging people, please do your research. Don't take our word for it. Do your research to make sure that it is right for you and to see just how and why it is so different than anything else that is available out there. BioFit360.com so you can feel better, you can do better, you can be better. You do not have to tolerate all the pain and what's more. Okay, now with Bryson DeChambeau, uh, there's – with Bryson – The kind of questions that he gets asked in a press conference tend to be the same. But remember, this was really for golf media, whether it's on this side of the pond or wherever it is. uh, Globally, this was the only chance they had a chance to talk to him. Because remember, he wasn't talking at the Rocket Mortgage. The the caddy uh, between Wednesday and Thursday changed all the rest. So – he was talked to, was asked a number of different things where and, and I realize and it's set up this way because and the players have done it they 've authored this, where you have Brooks saying nah i don 't really fancy the golf course it 's not my favorite. it doesn 't impact me in terms of how I can perform there's a lot of courses that I've done well on that that i don 't necessarily love, uh, but nonetheless the first question that Bryson was asked was his impressions of the golf course. And then he was asked about why he really hasn't had great success in previous opens. If I remember correctly, he's missed a cut in two of three. Uh, he was asked. It, it means something that they get really touchy about it over here in particular. And I'm not judging them for it. They just do that. If you hit a ball wayward and you don't yell four, it's, they see it as disrespectful to the gallery that, that you're basically just using these people as pawns and hope that your ball, you know, caroms back into a place where you can play it probably off the side of someone's head. Uh, so he was asked about Brooks Kepka for the um, team time as well. He was asked about how he feels and deals with controversies and distractions. Obviously, that was a related question. Uh, he was asked about how things are going with his new caddy. And then he was asked whether some of the criticism that he is different than others ever hurts. But again, rewinding it, let's start with the golf course itself.
6: Oh, Royal St. George's is an amazing golf course. The weather is beautiful today. Yesterday I played a little bit with Phil um, and a couple others. We, we had a great time out there. It's pretty interesting. There's a certain amount of holes that you can kind of go after it on, and there's a, there's a couple that you can't. You know, if you hit it in the rough and that the hay, it's not easy to get out of. Uh, I hope I can hit it far enough to where I can wedge it out still onto the green if I get good enough lies, but there's certain lies out there. It's... It's going to be a pitch back to the fairway, and that's included for, for everybody. If you're you know, hitting it 300 off the tee and it goes into the, the, the hay, it's not easy to get to the green from there either. So I hope that the length will be a little bit of an advantage. I just have to drive it well. That's what I have to do this week, and the speed control on the greens is going to be huge. If I don't three-putt this week, I'll have a pretty good chance uh, going into Sunday. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know why. Um, I played well in the Walker Cup when I was here. I had the best. Uh, I played really great golf. Maybe the conditions, you know, have been favorable uh, when I played over in the Walker Cup, where I, I do pretty well with not as windy conditions and firmer, firmer ground and environments. Um, the times I've played in the British Opens uh, in the past, I think they've been a little wet and windy, and I usually struggle in that in general. Um, so I, I think that, you know, hopefully if we get a little bit of a dry week and um, I can, you know, get the wind under control in my brain, hopefully I can have a good week. I, I love Lynx golf. I've shot low numbers over here before but it's about putting it together for four rounds and making sure that my game is pretty repeatable just like I mean the the thing is is like you can't miss it out here very often if you do you're in the hay and it's not easy to get out of um so you know this is really the first time I've taken my length to Lynx golf and we'll see how that plays maybe it plays out well maybe it doesn't and I'll continue to keep trying to figure it out um you know I look at Tiger and what he did Back in the early 2000s, how he had irons off every tee. I mean, that's definitely an interesting thought process as well that may come into play here soon. But there's too many places out here where covering some of those bunkers is a huge advantage no matter what. So uh, that's kind of the game plan I'm going to take as of right now. I do shout for. I don't know what you're talking about. There's plenty of people on the tee box that do shout for. So, you know, you're bringing up a very controversial thing, which is unfortunate. But 99% of the time I do, and unfortunately people think I don't. But that's okay. They can say whatever they want. Mm, I I mean, he can say whatever he wants. I think he said something about lack of liberty national, not upholding something. I don't know what he's talking about in that regard. Um, Maybe that's on me. Maybe I didn't. I really don't remember anything about that. We just had a conversation that, um, you know, I I really don't know what happened because we haven't really bantered back and forth until now. So it's like, why is that happening now? Anyway, besides that, I'm here to just play golf and and focus on that if we want to keep bantering back and forth obviously being respectful and, and, and having, you know, keeping lines where they aren't getting crossed. Yeah. I think it's fun. Good for good environment for, uh, people out in golf. Yeah. I mean, everybody's human. I'm definitely human. Um, we all make mistakes and things happen. Uh, and we have emotion and I think that sometimes people objectify us big players at the top of the game too much. And they don't realize that we are human and we make mistakes and things happen. Um, you know, somebody that thrives in controversy. It's, I don't even think it's about that. I, I'm out here. Look, I never grew up to become famous. I grew up to play golf. And that's something that people, I don't think, realize. And it's difficult to uh, truly understand unless you're in, in this environment. And sometimes you try and make the best of situations, and they don't necessarily look good or, or come out the right way. And, you know, that's that's life, unfortunately. And, you know, us as professionals, we have to be on top of it all the time. And Unfortunately, it just doesn't come out the right way sometimes or, or happens the way you want it to, and we make mistakes. But at the end of the day, we have to move on and do the best we possibly can. And for me, I'm somebody that uh, doesn't necessarily like controversy. I just like doing my own thing. Do I like showcasing something unique and different? Yeah, but I guess what comes with that is controversy, and that's something that um, you know I don't necessarily deal the best with sometimes. But at the end of the day, I try to do the best. I'm trying to become better at it. Yeah, it's certainly... Throwing him into the deep end, like I showed on my Instagram post, he's okay with it. He he loves it. Um, we've been doing really good together. I, uh, it's, it's provided me an opportunity to be in a different state of mind with uh, Brian. He's a different individual and a very hard worker, somebody that I uh, have high regard for and, and respect for, as well as uh, Tim. I would say that uh, he's still learning the ropes a little bit, which is expected on any end when you have somebody new that's really never caddy before but you know I wanted somebody on the bag that you know, I, I could trust just as as much as I did with Tim and I think that's why he fit the place so well it's going to take probably a few weeks but so far he's done super well and I'm I'm super proud of him for for uh taking this role well I I think it makes it emotionally a little more difficult to I would say um resolve that because you know it, in my heart of hearts, I, I really think I'm a great person and a really good person to be around, a kind person uh, to be around. And you know, it's 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 sometimes difficult, but at the end of the day, you can just keep doing what you're doing. And I think that's why, you know, for me, I've done a lot on social media, done a lot of YouTube stu- um, uh, series that have just showcase myself in a different light because I want people to see that side. I think there's a lot of greatness to that, and um, you know, a- also humbleness to that as well. Like showcasing that I am human, and I did start pretty much from from nothing. My parents were uh, nice enough to give their whole lives to help me play golf. And, you know, I played at a public golf course and country club every once in a while when I got the chance, but it was humble beginnings. And and I just, I hope people can realize if you work hard enough, you can, you can be successful in life. So that's, that's really my goal. And uh, yes, at times it can be difficult, but at the same point in time, I just got to keep pressing forward.
1: It's interesting with Bryson, isn't it? And this is where we get into the complications and the comments about him being different and, all the rest is that you hear those comments from him. And for me, what I take away from it are a couple different things. One is, is that I do believe that he's in earnest, that he, he wants people to know him as who he thinks he is. And he, and he sees himself as a good person, as he put it, a kind person. But I also think that part of what makes Bryson Bryson and where I think he gets kind of tripped up either with fellow competitors or with fans or, or what have you, is that I don't think he's fully aware of the impact that he has on his public perception, notwithstanding the impression that he has of who he is as a real person versus how it gets filtered through all of these types of mediums, uh, but what role he has to play in, in, in part of, of defining that individual. Uh, I, I hope I, you know, I've, I've, he's, he's been good to me over the years where if I needed something for golf channel, what have you, I'd send him a text and he'd, and he'd get back to me. I would love the opportunity for us, for me, to have him on a, a sh- our show and be able to have a long-form conversation that doesn't feel so much to me like you're answering the question you got asked. Yes, but you're you're somewhat in on some level a sense of reticence or at least a sense of apprehension as to what the next question is going to be. If, if we could get him in a setting where he can trust that it's not about sensationalism, uh, it's about just honesty and getting to know someone. Uh, I don't know. I would like to do that. I'm not sure how you guys feel about it, but that's that's something that I think would be would be great to do. Dom, I can't remember. Uh, I'm sure you know, Bryson's been on with us a few times over the years that, that I remember. He hasn't been on with us since we've been the television and the the radio format. Correct? If I'm yeah, not that's mistaken. correct.
3: But yeah, he he's been on a few times. We've had the pleasure of his company. I mean, he's a very interesting person, and uh, he talked about yeah. being human many times in that press conference and he has changed as a human quite a bit in the last 5 or 8 years um you know i think the first the very first time we spoke to him was around the time he won the us amateur and he was this skinny like super skinny little oh, kid yeah. and he is a dramatically different everything now um and a major champion on top of that so uh it's amazing the the, the changes uh i mean we we're watching we've been doing this for 15 years and we watch a lot of these kids grow into men and they grow as men. I mean, look at John Rahm as a perfect example. Five years ago, John Rahm was a completely different person. Not married, no kids. I mean, he would he would be described a lot of times as petulant or angry or overly emotional or fiery or whatever. And uh we could see those emotions affecting his his results on the golf course. And he has yeah. changed everything. And look at him now. So Bryson's I mean, he looked a little skinny in that breast count. I feel like he's kind of sort of reined it in a bit. Maybe has he it looks like he's lost five or ten pounds or more to me.
1: I don't know. It's interesting because again, that's something that I would think they would have asked him because you know, Bryson said he was going remember he was he was dealing with I don't know if he called it vertigo or whatever it was, he was feeling dizzy. And I wonder if his nutrition guy or doctor or whoever he talked to was like, yeah, yeah. So you you do what? A couple of protein shakes a day? No, I do like five or six or whatever. And he's like, whoa! <laughs> On top of everything else, and, and like a pound of bacon. Yeah, just, I mean, I think he, dude, relax. I mean,
3: Andrew's running video right now of Bryson from the presser. That if, for those of you watching, you can see him. I think he looks skinnier in the neck and the shoulders. Um, I mean, if you read between the lines and in the words that he's spoken to the media and, and pre and post and whatever in the last couple of months, he's sort of been talking a little bit about equipment wise, sort of reaching the limits, I guess you could say, in terms of speed. And and if he gets past a certain speed, I think I remember I recall oh, him wow. saying basically you lose control of the golf ball just in general. You can't you can't swing harder than this without losing control of the golf ball. Maybe he feels like he's found that balance and he's kind of reined it in a little bit. I don't know. It's the kind of thing that I'd love to talk to him, like you mentioned, long form about and just discuss uh, the the ups and downs and the growth of him as a, himself as a person.
1: Yeah, that is interesting. I hadn't heard that recently because it, it last I remember, he was talking about going with a longer driver and, you know, the constant pursuit of more, 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 more strength, uh, more speed, more distance. And maybe he's trying to tune in his particular game. We'll see. How that game plays out here, this is by by all accounts not like any other open venue uh, there 's definitely more chance that plays into it it 's definitely uh, and i don 't mean this disparagingly it just is what it is it 's definitely a quirky style in terms of the moundings and and the pitch of the fairways and the greens and the approach and all the rest so i 'm not sure how all that plays into a mind like his that is so. Regimented in scientific versus artistic and creative, uh, which I think you're going to have to have the, the latter, and you're certainly going to have to have a lot of patience, uh, not only with the circumstance, but with yourself, because things are going to happen that you're just going to have to let, you know, just. Let it wash off your shoulder because it's going to be otherwise a problem. All right, Rory McIlroy is still coming up here on the Fairways of Life show. Is getting ready to wrap it up on a Wednesday, the eve of the 149th Open. When we come back, we're going to go through with you as well: how, when, and where. You can get your coverage of the Open. Uh, As we're heading to break, I will tell you this much. The radio coverage, for those of you, the majority of you that are watching us back in North America, you can hear me and the rest of our radio Open crew from 2 a.m. Eastern time. 2 a.m. Eastern time uh, tomorrow morning is when we get started. So get up early with us and have your tea or coffee, whatever you please in the morning. And you're going to be able to hear our coverage and we'll be coming on long before it's available uh, on the networks so that we can keep you up to speed and exactly what's happening. And there's some really good tea times that are early in the morning. Uh, let's see. Uh, Alex Noren is off at 7:08, So that's 2 8 a.m. I tried to grab ones that are close to when we're going on the, on the air. Uh, Dean Burmester, Danny Willett are off at 7.19. Christian Bezadenhaus, Sam Horsfield, Minwoo Lee, who won the Scottish Open. Minji's little brother is 7.30. At 7.41 a.m., Victor Hovland, Ryan Palmer, Thomas Dietry at 7.50. These are local times. So, again, now when I say 7.52 a.m. for Paul Casey, Abraham, answer Ian Poulter, that's 2.52 Eastern time. So at 8.03 a.m., 3.03 a.m. for those of you uh, listening to us on the, on the east coast the United States are adjusted accordingly across the continent. Brooks Kepka, Jason Kokrak, and Garrick Higo at 8.14 a.m., so 3.14 a.m. Eastern time. Daniel Berger, Joaquin Neiman, Joel Damon at 8.25 a.m., so 3.25 a.m. Eastern time. Darren Clark, Bernd Wiesberger, uh, amateur Joe Long is in that group at 9.03 a.m. A.M. So four oh three A.M. Eastern Time. Uh, Ernie Els, Gary Woodland, amateur Cole Hammer, who you probably know the name very very well. Uh, Sam Burns, Lucas Herbert, Ho- Jose Campillo will be at nine fourteen. At 9.25 a.m., so 4.25 a.m. Eastern time, is when Jordan Spieth, Bryson DeChambeau, and Brandon Grace will be heading out to the golf course. When we come back, we're going to have more for you from Royal St. George's, including hearing from Rory McIlroy. I've been saying all week it's been quiet in terms of pe- people picking their favorites, at least with all the broadcasting we're doing on the on the open radio side. Again, which you can find in a myriad of ways. You can find us on SiriusXM for those in the UK that are watching us right now, or in Ireland, you can get us on Talk sport Two Live uh, around the world. You guys can, including uh, UK, Ireland, United States, Canada, uh, you can pick us up all over the globe on the Open app and at theopen.com. There's a couple of different ways that you can get the coverage there. Uh, but I've been saying on this programming. When it comes to Rory McIlroy, because everyone's picking their favorites, and I pick John Rahm. I, I believe he is the far and away favorite. And with Rory, I think it comes down to it, – it's a lot like Tiger, right, where when they speak, you go, oh, yeah, I'm a believer again. I, you know, if they believe – it's almost like reading clouds, but you get this sense of if they have the confidence in the, that, that this could, they can do this and it's going to work out for me. You're like, yeah, I'm with them. Well, you're going to find out for yourself because you're going to hear from Rory McElroy right after these words. TourEdge.com. Check out everything that TourEdge has to offer, including their incredible new offerings and, and limited editions and models, particularly those for the very best in the world. Where it's catching on with those, it's catching on with everybody in the world. They're having the biggest year that they've ever had in the history of the company, and the company's been around for decades. That is saying something. And so too can your assurance of their product be around for a long, long time because they carry a life time warranty think about that for a second not only they pound for pound the best value in the game but they've got the best coverage of anybody so that you can be assured that what you're purchasing is something that you can keep for the rest of your life if you so choose touredge.com for more more from the 149th open at royal st george's after this If I told you legends like Robert Trent Jones Sr., Arthur Hills, and Donald Ross have designed and inspired more than 10 breathtaking courses, and they're all in one place, would you believe me? Log on to BoingGolf.com and see why they're at the heart of America's summer golf capital.
4: Come to where
3: history meets luxury at the family-friendly French Lick Springs Hotel, where there's something for everyone, from kids' fest to shopping, bowling, golf, and other outdoor activities. Or, at the West Baden Springs Hotel, you can wrap yourself in old-world elegance, visit our luxurious spa, indulge in an afternoon tea, a historic tour, and multiple sophisticated dining options. Then... Finish your day with a cozy carriage ride before turning in for sweet dreams. Only this isn't a dream. Visit FrenchLick.com to plan your vacation today.
1: What's your bucket list destination? Where have you always wanted to go? What's the number one thing that holds people back from doing that? Let's face it, there's no better feeling than getting new golf gear. And where you get your golf gear matters. PJ Tour Superstore is America's number one golf retailer. Whatever you're looking for, they have it. And you can get custom fit. You can shop online or safely in their stores. At the PJ Tour Superstore, you'll always find golf's biggest brands and all the latest equipment right at your fingertips. If you need it or want it, they've got it. Log on to pjtoursuperstore.com to upgrade your game today all right the world wants to know live here from royal st george's on the eve of the 149th open it is about seven minutes after 2 p.m in the afternoon bst so my you already know i think john rom's gonna win my my dark horse is terrell hatton dom who do you got i can't hear you all all, you're just no one can hear a word you're saying all right
3: sorry sorry yeah sorry, sorry. <laughs> he yells at me for the technical side of these. i was just i was just talking to myself as i do yes yeah
1: exactly <laughs> he's gabbing away
3: so, so my w- pick is jordan got? spieth i love jordan spieth right. and uh, jordan Speeth is who i think is going to win he hasn't played since the u.s open he's been playing well in the last two months i think he was a little bit burned out when he played in the u.s open i think he's Got his mind right and is resting and is ready to go. I expect him to win. And my dark horse pick, which I told Matt in the break and he chastised me for saying he wasn't a dark horse.
1: I'm going to chastise you, Bob
3: McIntyre. Go ahead, say. Hey, no dark horse. Bob, all right, all right. Bob McIntyre's current odds, according to Golf Odds Tracker, right now, sixty-three point seven five to one. Now let me uh, scroll up to find Terrell Hatton, the long shot. I may have to make a stop. Thirty-two point seven now, three to one is your that's quote. That's because when I announced horse, it,
1: it's it who's twice
3: up. as likely to win than my dark horse. That's not much of a according dark horse, to man. The, I gotta say.
1: According to the bookies, what do they know? All right, so all for Andrew, his pick to win is Billy Horschel, who loves it over here. He he has a West Ham golf bag and he's he's a big rugby guy back Man, back home from his, from his dad and him and all the rest and and wearing. andrew's a so long wearing. shot not much of a With long shot abraham answers super uplifting has a great summer vibe. There you go. They, they have it's been recorded, here. so I mean, when we are back first, on with you go. again now, we will I'll not be with you on Thursday or Friday. I, I really uh, or Friday. Tomorrow or Friday, we gonna, won't uh, be with you because I'll be doing and radio really coverage from at St. St. And St. George's. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm in sure at that we'll be on the the here. We'll probably leave the house, some am guessing, 5.15 a.m. interesting, Kyle, but he had his first top 10 since March in Scotland. Uh, in this to tournament, sure his Europe best finish. Yeah, you we got to go back to twenty nineteen T eleven. Chance he kind of builds on what we saw yet. last. That's the fun actually, thing. That I do have one weird. more he question because I, I well, know we've
3: got Rory he, he coming should. up. He is he again. He's a very. He's a very player. But I guess we could. But I do have a question for you. We should do that. Weather uh, wise, the weather is supposedly excellent, in theory, and my question is because one of the one of the main topics of concern at every Open Championship is the late early start. Who, who gets the advantage? Is the weather such this week, Matt, that there is no advantage, or is there still going to be a late early advantage based on wind and stuff?
1: Well, the context of that, which is interesting for, for the next person you're going to see in the Fairways of Life show, directly relates to Rory McIlroy, who is scheduled off at 3.21 p.m. A local time tomorrow morning. So that's 10.21 a.m. Eastern time. So – Rory's off in the afternoon. He won't finish until probably 8.30 tomorrow night. So in a normal circumstance, links golf, on the sea, tide schedules, et cetera, a lot of times in the afternoons, the big winds come in. It looks like the wind is going to be 12 to 15 miles per hour, but it's going to be pretty much the same throughout the whole day. I still believe that the morning wave will have a little bit of an advantage because the greens or the golf course is softer than it normally is, especially for a a Lynx golf course. And even though it's going to get, they're saying bright and sunny with a high of maybe 20 percent chance of showers from now until the end of the tournament proper, which means we're going to see a lot of sun. It's going to start to dry out in the morning. They're still going to be softer than they're going to be in the afternoon so i think the morning wave has a little bit of an advantage but when it comes down to to rory McIlroy, if you look at rory now remember he's won this open at hoy lake in 14 but if you look at rory McIlroy's performance every time except for one time every time he's finished with the top 10 every one of them but one he has started with a round in the 60s so for rory it seems very much like it's his his die is cast based upon how he plays in that opening round. So with that for Rory McElroy, he was asked about, you know, it seems like he's starting to find some form again. Uh, the, the fact that obviously he didn't do well in 2019, he, he missed the cut at Royal Portrush and all the drama that was a great effort to get inside the cut line on Friday. Uh, but otherwise he's had a really good record at the open and, and what this this championship means to him, obviously. His impressions of the golf course, he was asked about as well. Uh, how much, if anything, the disappointment from 2019 has stuck with him and how he explains following three of his last nine missed cuts with a win in his next start, which is absolutely incredible. So here's Rory addressing the world media.
4: Yeah, I think over the last few years, the Open has been my um, you know, my best performances in major championships have been at this event. Um, You know, had a really good chance to, um, I guess had a good chance to at least put some pressure on Francesco at Carnoustie in 18. Um, Ended up didn't birdie the last there, but uh, it's been, yeah, it's been good. It's, um, you know, even though I've sort of grown up on Lynx courses and played a lot of Lynx golf, you know, it's still, you, you know, when you turn professional, you know, 90%, 95% of the golf you play isn't this style of golf, so you always have to adjust a little bit. And But um, over the years, I've just become more and more comfortable with this type of, this style of golf. Uh, and I think more than anything else, it's, <clears throat> there's just, there's a lot more variables um, in the Open Championship and on Lynx courses. And once you learn that you can't control those variables and you just, have to go out and accept whatever's given to you, um, so I think as I've got a little more experience and matured, um, you know I've been able to play this championship a little bit better, and yeah, hopefully I can continue that record this week you know, I think the the biggest thing here is the course uh even before the rain yesterday, the course was quite lush, quite green, uh, maybe weren't getting the the bounces that. Um, we're accustomed to getting here at St George's with with the the, the bumpy fairways, and I, honestly, I think the course plays a little better that way. Um, so I was pleasantly surprised that you know I, I I walked away from the golf course on Saturday and Sunday thinking this is a much better golf course than I remember it being, uh, and I think that's just because of the way it's playing right now. I think it's it's perfect, and as the the days go on with a little bit of wind and sunshine, you know, by the weekend, it should just be absolutely perfect. It should be playing the way it should play. And, um, but yeah, I think more than anything else, I, I obviously didn't have great memories from 2011, the way I played and, you know, playing the last few days, I, uh, it's, it's, and, you know, this is just my perception and, and, and because of, you know, not playing my best, uh, that time I came back here and it's, it's much better than I remember. Not re- I mean, I, not really. I, I ended up winning the FedEx Cup in 2019. Um, so it gave me a few million reasons to feel better. <laughs> um, I, I didn't dwell on it that much. Um, it, it was tough, but, you know, it's, you know, the great thing about golf is there's always next week. You can always get back on the horse. You can always... And that's what I did. I moved forward um set my sights on other things like the fedex cup like um you know that was basically all there was left to play for that year i won a world golf championship in china i got to world number one at the start of 2020 and then the pandemic hit and you know the world sort of changed so you know if anything it was a catalyst for me to play some of my best golf um you know i i left port rush obviously very disappointed but you know by by february of 2020 a few months down the line i got back to number one in the world so i didn't dwell on it that much no i certainly don't think it's a chance statistic it's um look you i think in golf you always learn more about your game when you've missed a cut or struggled or not played as well i think you know anyone can play well anyone can hit the ball great and you know give themselves chances to win not anyone but you know a lot of people can and but you just you just learn more. You, I, I I've always learned more from disappointments and from not doing as well. Um, but I've always tried to learn. I've always tried to figure out okay why did this week not go so well? And then you know then you give yourself a couple of thoughts and they're fresh in your mind going into the next week. And that's why I always say in golf there's always next week, and that's a great thing because you know, you can you can right some wrongs pretty quickly. Uh, and I've been able to do that in the past. Um, you know, I missed the cut at uh, missed the cut at Memorial a couple of years ago. Went on and won the Canadian Open the next week. Um, yeah, missed the cut at where did I miss the cut? The Masters, and then went and my next start was Quail Hollow, and I won. So I just I think golf always just gives you another opportunity to go out and and play well and to to see if you've learned from your mistakes and I've, I've always made it a, a priority in my career to, to really try to learn from my mistakes um, all the way back to, you know, what happened at Augusta in 11 and, and going and winning the US Open the next major. I mean, I, you know, I had a few things fresh in my mind for a couple of months there and I um, made sure if I ever got myself in a position like that again, I wasn't going to make the same mistakes.
1: All right, Rory McIlroy addressing me that that was from yesterday. And to that point where you say, you know, you, when you're trying to figure out Rory and your thoughts about him this week, that Rory McIlroy seemed really comfortable. That Rory McIlroy really seemed to be in tune with himself and his game. And I can report, uh, having watched him play yesterday in a practice round, he played, as I mentioned to you, early today with Darren Clark. And we're hearing from multiple people that he is absolutely striping it. You, you know, Rory said – that on Sunday after he missed the cut that he found something. So if that, whatever he found, if it carries over this week, we are talking still about Rory right Now, as I want to make sure that you can find our radio coverage because you guys are our friend and, and you're, you're fans of the show, hopefully. And, and so uh, if you want to hear the coverage that I'll be doing of the open, it will be the world radio feed. It starts at 2 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, You can hear us across North America on Sirius XM if you subscribe to the satellite service. If not, there's still multiple other ways that you can hear us. It includes the app. That's the open app. If you haven't already downloaded that, it's got tons of content on it anyway. uh, You can also pick us up on theopen.com so there's a lot of different ways that you can get us all over the world and in particular for those of you that are watching us in North America, which is where the, the vast Majority of our audience is. But for those in the United Kingdom, perhaps in Ireland, if you want to pick it up, Talk Sport 2 will be carrying our coverage as well. So it's available in America. It's available in Canada. It's available throughout the UK, the British Isles, Ireland. It's available all around the rest of the globe. And that's what's so much fun about doing these broadcasts because we hear from people from everywhere, from people that, that are on a you know a snow-capped mountain someplace to somebody that's on a beach someplace that are just til- chilling and kicking back and taking mm-hmm. in the open. So Eastern Time, we will kick off at 2 a.m., tomorrow morning. Dom, you want to take us through quickly uh, where we can get the coverage of the Open everywhere else, uh, perhaps in North America that people want to watch Say on the TV side?
3: Sure, absolutely. You can see on the screen, if you're watching on Facebook there, uh, things kick off at 4 a.m. on Golf Channel. In fact, they actually kick off at 1.30 on the digital side on Peacock, but then they move over to Golf Channel on television at 4 a.m. for uh, Thursday and on Friday. And then over the weekend, it just doesn't get any better than this. 5 a.m., you wake up, you're drinking your coffee, you're eating your pancakes with your kids, you're watching the, the Open Championship on Golf Channel, and then it transitions over around 7 o'clock in the morning on Saturday from the third-round action to NBC. And then on Sunday, same thing. Four at 4 a.m., it kicks off on Golf Channel, and then at 7 a.m., it moves over to NBC for final-round action until the conclusion of, pay of play. And then, of course, as I mentioned earlier, there is also digital coverage, which can be seen on Peacock, and that starts at 1.30. That will be the first thing you can watch on television with regards to the Open Championship, on Peacock at 1:30 a.m., you'll be able to watch the first tee ball uh, struck. And then, of course, as Matt mentioned, not just not just your destination for radio, but also your destination for feature groups and things like that on the digital side. The Open app, the Open.com, you can watch your feature groups there. There will be feature group coverage. Matt went over some of the uh, the earlier tee times um, just a little while ago. There's a lot of blockbuster pairings. Obviously, it's a major championship. So there are, there's just tons of golf to consume, and as with every other major championship, Matt, it just doesn't get any better. There's so much to consume, and you want to consume it all, and the digital landscape has altered since we've been doing the show, Matt, <laughs> into a form that you can consume it all. We can consume it all, and I certainly plan to.
1: Yeah, I mean, we wouldn't exist if that – digital coverage as you're, as you phrased it the the digital world hasn't evolved as quickly as it has that's why we're a live digital radio and that's why you also can get us on the television side and facebook live and everywhere else that it is available all right you can see a lot of movement going on around me because things are getting active here in the afternoon of the night before the 149th open as you just heard from everything that dom ran through there, bottom line in terms of if you watch the coverage on golf channel we will have the radio coverage starting a good two hours before you can catch it on Golf Channel. At 2 a.m. Eastern Time is when you can catch our coverage of the Open on Open Radio. You can hear it on Sirius XM in North America. And you can also, if you don't have Sirius XM, for example, you can pick it up for free on the Open app, on theopen.com. And if you're in the British Isles, if you're in Ireland, you can pick it up on Talk sport too so we are available everywhere around the world you can get it for free if you're in north america and you subscribe to the satellite service sirius xm you're going to hear us there from stem to stern as well it's been great this week being here being able to bring you this broadcast this is my favorite week of the year i cannot wait to be out on the golf course and bringing you the sights and the sounds but really thank you for hanging with us through all of this it's been great fun great job Uh, to my team back there, too, with Dom and Andrew and John and Wes and everybody else who helped bring you all of this coverage for the week that was. I'll be back with you again on Monday because on Sunday night before I head out, we kind of do a wrap-up of the Open, which includes a best-of press conference from the Victor, and then uh, hopefully, uh, God willing, I'll be back with you on Tuesday uh, live from our Fairways of Life studios. So until then, enjoy the Open. I can't wait to share it with all of you, and goodbye for now.